The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. and welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, The Short List, a little mini-sode that I do to stretch my creative muscles and come up with original ideas for films, TV shows, movies, and what have you. And tonight I've got one that is relating to some, uh, some of the episodes that we've done recently on Geeks Under the Influence podcast, relating to the video rental store and Blockbuster. A uh, number of us on the network or regular panelists uh, have worked at video stores in the past and lament about the disappearance of the rental store. And so kind of in the same spirit as Empire Records was to record stores, I would love to do a movie discussing kind of the death throes of the rental store and basing it kind of right towards the end of the big box chain rental stores going out of business circa around 2010 or so, when the last ones were really starting to die out. And... The working title for this, and not the strongest, but uh, it's the one that I could come up with, was just Late Fees for the uh, for the name of the title. For this, I really wanted to kind of engage the spirit of this conversation more so than looking at casting or a director. It would be so easy to say, throw Kevin Smith in there as an option to run this, but this is such a sibling of Clerks in its identity that it would be unreasonable to expect Kevin Smith to take this on He's got his own conversation about this, about retail workers and the like, that it, this would feel kind of, it wouldn't be right for Kevin Smith to do this because of how close it is to his movies, I guess. So I would think maybe an up and coming independent director would be a better move. Somebody that has a familiarity with uh, working at a rental store or just the death of physical media, uh, just as a first thought here, our friend uh, Tom Seymour, who did VHS Massacre and has worked with Trauma, he, it would be a great choice because he has talked at length about the death of the rental store. And so having that kind of passionate background, why not? We're going to throw him in there for director. So Tom Seymour is director for this one. Uh, definitely check out VHS Massacre and VHS Massacre 2, of which the second one is on Trauma now, I believe. Uh, the first one is on Prime, I believe. So here we go. Late fees. The main character, the store manager, um, the the basic gist is there's going to be a town with a couple rental stores that ha- had been in it, and this is the last blockbuster or whatever fake version of blockbuster you want to put in in place of that Netflix is up and running. They have streaming services happening. There's almost nobody going to the rental stores anymore. These are the last employees of this uh, last chain rental store that 
know that they're getting fired soon. Know that they're right on the tail end. They're kind of riding the wave into the shore on this one. Uh, and it's them kind of coming to terms with the fact that not only are they going to have to get a new job soon, but also they can't even get a new a job in the same industry. The industry is dying. So it's a matter of changing their entire focus. And also talking about the fact that the video game uh, rental jobs, even though they were a lot of work, as we talked about in the GUI episode, was definitely a job that drew a lot of uh, slacker types, stoner types into the role. And that's just kind of the nature of it. You go in thinking that it's going to be eight hours a day of you just talking movies with people, talking about your favorite directors and movies that people haven't seen, watching movies in the rental store. And that's just not the case. You get a li- about 8% of your total job is that. And then the rest is uh, paperwork and changing stickers around and just normal retail work. But that initial thought is what brings a lot of people in. So we're going to do characters based on kind of their personalities and also what types of movies that they're into. This is not going to be some indie movies. Oftentimes will intercut scenes from other movies that are being referenced at the time, or it'll be characters that are kind of portraying a different character from a different movie. For example, the first character, the main character, the store manager is Clint and he goes by Eastwood or that's his nickname. Not because he acts like Clint Eastwood, literally because he's a fan of Westerns and samurai films. He doesn't talk in a cowboy accent. He doesn't do any cowboy things. He doesn't like daydream about being a cowboy. He's just, he's a fan of Westerns and, and samurai films and his name is Clint. So people call him Eastwood and they joke about it. And he talks about those movies, but in a normal human being kind of way, not where he's created this like caricature that he embodies. No, he's just a regular dude likes Westerns and Samurai films, and people call him Eastwood. Then we've got Nandy, who is the assistant store manager. She's a uh, a lesbian that loves bloodlust, like has a bloodlust for movies, gorier the better, stuff that's just viciously violent, and uh, action films as well. A big fan of just the goofy, campy action films also, uh, and all about that. Then we've got Tyler, who is just a regular employee. He has never really put enough energy in to get a p- manager position, which is funny because he had been working for a uh, blockbuster or whatever rental store this is for about five years. And at that point, you're almost just given a managerial role for being there that long. So there's no reason why he's just a regular employee working part-time, but he's a horror and Tarantino fan. And he's that employee that doesn't really do a lot of the work that needs to be done around the store when stuff needs to be like put back on the shelf or stickers put on things or just the normal boring parts of the jobs. He always finds a reason not to do it. He'll take out the trash and then be gone for 25 minutes, that kind of thing. He just seems to not be available whenever there was real work to do. So that's probably why he hasn't gotten the promotion, but that is uh, that is his thing. He was happy to talk at length about movies and that's really all he wants to do is talk movies. Then we've got Seth, who's a young kid that is working at the store. He is maybe 18, 19 years old. He likes movies, but in a very general way, he's not a fan of any one particular genre. He's not a big horror movie guy. He he likes just the normal popcorn movie, sci-fi movies, nothing too deep. He, he would much rather watch iRobot over Blade Runner kind of vibe. Uh, he likes 
popular comedies and romantic comedies as well. He's very innocent and not really aware of uh, a lot of the deeper cut movies in the world. And the rest of the team makes fun of him a little bit, but in a loving kind of protective way that he's definitely like the youngest there. And he's there just working a part-time job. He's super nice. He's innocent. They protect the crap out of him, but they also give him a hard time for not for working at a video store and quote unquote, not liking movies. So then we've got Dana, who's the district manager and she is that district manager that so many people have had at the various jobs that they've had over the world that tries to be cool and hip with the kids attitude, like the cool district manager that like understands what's going on, but isn't just is not it fundamentally is not and has to be the boss. And that there's this hard shift between acting like your friend and going and doing district manager stuff. And Dana is a fan of the only thing that they know of is Adam Sandler movies. For some reason, Adam Sandler tickles her funny bone in a way that nothing else does. Adam Sandler just is a bullseye for her for comedy. So the fun part that I'm going to have with this being kind of a period piece, but only a period piece from like 11 years ago is that you can play with the films that were coming out at the time and talk about what they expect to happen. Remember, this is only two years after the birth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can have them talking about what they think is going to happen with the next movies coming out. You can have them talking about who they would cast in movies coming up in the future. You can have that playful conversation about things that have already happened so we can laugh at how far off they are or how weirdly accurate somebody is, and then they're dismissed for it being too far-fetched an idea. Uh, you can you can have those interspersed throughout the entire movie. Now, the, the main focus of this movie is to really talk about kind of a love of movies and the death of physical media. And that'll be shown through conversations with the employees. That'll be shown through conversations with customers that come in. And it'll be a relatively slow last day where they're waiting to hear back from district manager on store closings that it's the end of a quarter and they're waiting to see if they've got like probably another three months or so before they get canned or if it's going to be happening in the next like week or so. And Dana's been kind of popping in and out of the store all day to see if the store has gotten a phone call from higher up. Um, and there's a meeting, a phone meeting that Dana's going to be taking in the back room of the store later on that day. So she's just kind of hanging out in the general area of the store and popping in here and there. That's allowing her to come in and have cameos throughout the length of the film. So it opens up with Clint having worked the first part of the shift. And this is like midday. It's switching over to evening hours. You get a little bit of a conversation with uh, Clint and some customers about whether or not the store is closing kind of set, sets up a monologue as to what the movie is actually about uh, with, with some of the customers who are crossing their fingers that the stores open, even though they do have Netflix, they really like the interaction of talking to people at the store. You know, they're, They've been coming for years. Just a nice little setup explaining kind of the entire movie. Then it goes to Nandy coming in to cover Clint's shift at the store. Uh, Clint is going home. Nandy's coming in for the evening shift. They're talking about what's going on. Um, they can crack jokes at uh, Seth's expense, who's also coming in, the, the younger kid that likes the popular comedies and romance. Tyler, the Tarantino guy, uh, is working a mid. Uh, so he's going to be working a couple hours of the evening shift. And basically the, the gist of the movie is that Clint, the store manager 
decides to hang out a, a little bit. It's slow. They're chatting with, uh, he's chatting with Nandy, who's he's good friends with. And they're just kind of hanging out, waiting to see what happens with this phone call with the district manager, um, just kind of hanging out to see if, if they can find out tonight or not. And so there's lots of conversations about different movies. You can have those conversations like there is at the beginning of Reservoir Dogs about like, like a virgin, but you can have that conversation about that scene in Reservoir Dogs about its meaning, its intention. You can have all these movie conversations at the mean, at the same time, you can do that parallel thing that they do in TV shows where there's a personal problem that the main character is dealing with. And then the thing that they have to fight or deal with, they've done, they did this in Buffy, the vampire slayer. They did this in the flash that whatever evil they have to fight, what a thing they have to do parallels with the personal thing that they're struggling with. So you can 100% have that with movie rental suggestions that are relating to that moment in the, in the movie, in, uh, in the movie that you're watching. So you can have a conversation about Tyler, the uh, Tarantino fan stealing. And then it could be that he got caught trying to steal a bank heist movie. You know, you can kind of, you can make a bunch of Easter eggs, a bunch of references to other movies in this movie as a, nod to all the film nerds out there that are going to get way more out of this film by all of its references to other films. And that's really speaking to the spirit of the rental store is people that really genuinely love movies and want to talk about movies and want to reference movies. And so this will be kind, uh, not kind of, this will be exactly that for the film viewer is just packed full of references, lines, um, nods to other movies. The difference here between Empire Records and uh, No Late Fees is that in Empire Records, they figure out a way to actually save the Empire. They, they have a big party that makes them enough money and causes enough of a ruckus that they're able to buy the store and keep it alive and keep the record store open. And there still are record stores. There are more record stores now than there are video rental stores. But that's just not the case with the rental store. So you have to have that bittersweet moment at the end where there is the call that the store is going out of business. And I think it's kind of appropriate, but there needs to be that conversation between the employees about how much fun it was to have that moment in time where they worked at a rental store and that conversation that, you know, it, something means a lot more when it's temporary than if it was permanent. And so the fact that it's going, it just means that all those moments that they had, you know, getting to know each other and working at the store just means that much more. And it's a bittersweet and kind of sad moment, but it is kind of how a lot of the people that worked at these rental stores when they went out of business felt, even if they were companies that were garbage, terrible companies to work for, being able to work in that industry and talk about things that we love so much, like film, was important to a lot of us. And I really want that to be expressed in this, uh, in this version here. So that's kind of my take on it. It's, this is a light, really kind of breezy idea about um, a movie. I didn't get too much into the casting on this one either because for something like this, it is very dialogue-driven. It is mostly taking place in one location. It is super indie. It doesn't need to have any big-name actors in it. You can maybe have somebody uh, who plays Clint, the main character, that's a better-known actor that's been in other stuff. But I think it's actually more important to have no-name actors in this one, not only because of budget, and this was 100% thought of as a independent film, styled similarly to, you know, the, the early 90s uh, 
dialogue driven movies, the the clerks of the world slacker, uh, those kind of movies, but with a a modern touch to it, you know, that this is the next evolution after movies about dying record stores and the like is, is this is a conversation about the video rental store, much like there will be conversations about the, the dying video game stores in, uh, in 10 years when uh, stores like GameStop go out of business. So I think Java-based movies uh, in, in retail give you a lot of room for improvisation. You can have a lot of cameos of different people that have very weird kind of characteristics that may not be able to hold strong for an entire film, but if they're only on the screen for a minute or two, you can have really goofy moments. So this is going to be filled with a lot of the stories that were discussed on the GUI episode of the, just the weird customers that we had to handle or, you know, employees that had camel toes or yeah, there was a lot of stories that were shared outside of that, that we didn't feel was appropriate because it called out certain people. Um, or it was just, it's sometimes weird to talk about, uh, coworkers that you had in the past, especially when you, you think fondly of them, but it includes them in, in weird stories. I would hate to speak for somebody or tell a story about someone without their approval. So those, some of those stories weren't on the air, but there could be a version of it in this movie. You can have the, the drunk dude that is fighting a late fee, which I think was discussed on the actual episode. You can have the super horny, like newly divorced woman trying to hit on the 18 year old kid. You can have the, uh, you can even have a, a robbery scene because yes, there was actually a, a holdup at a store that I was at when I was at Blockbuster, you can have all those stories and kick it up to 11, like make it that much more ridiculous and exaggerated because it's a film. That's kind of the fun of it. And you can use those moments and really engage references to other movies at the same time. So I didn't write out a full treatment on this one because I think this is largely benefited by a highly improv script with uh, deft improvisational actors uh, at the helm here. So that, that is my idea, my base idea for no, uh, no late fees on this episode, all relating to the video rental store in its death throes. So if you have some ideas on who might be good casting for this, up-and-coming actors that maybe haven't gotten a whole lot of say, or some moments in the movie that would be a whole lot of fun, I would love to hear them. Hit us up on all our social media when this episode comes out. Let us know what you would love to add to this story. Also, make sure to rate, re- review, subscribe, all the things you do with podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts for Smack My Pitch Up. And if you have an idea for a future pitch, uh, a reboot, remake, reimagining of something that's already been made, uh, then please reach out to us via our e- email, uh, geeksundertheinfluence at gmail.com. Just put Smack My Pitch Up in the subject line. Our hotline, 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GUI. Or just message us through all of our social media. We've got uh, Facebook and Twitter for this show. We'll find you here next time for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit, and you just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com (laughs) 
My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I'm Lowdown. I'm F.U. Hunter. Do you love horror? We fucking do. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things in cinematic horror. We're talking movies, television, composers, special effects artists. We're going to fucking cover it. So if you love horror, embrace the madness. Hey guys, Scotty Big Daddy Preston here. That's right, the Geek Father asking you to join me here every other week with friends and family of the GUI Network as we go through all the trials and tribulations of being a geeky parent. So remember, join us or cry.